Welcome to For the Republic, ladies and gentlemen. Brand new, cutting-edge show talking about the latest, the hottest news in politics in America and the world today. Here with my uh, very good friend and host, Karen Deep. Yo, what up, what up? All right, and I'm Lewis, your co-host for here at For the Republic. This is a brand new uh, podcast. We're going to be talking about all the news in America and the world regarding politics, economics, and we're going to be having a weekly episode here on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And we have a Patreon set up so you can see our exclusive content, our best content, exclusive content on Patreon. The link's down below in the comment section. Thanks. All right, so we're paying attention to politics um, in America right now. I think the biggest, first, I guess the hottest topic is this feud going on with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. right? And you probably noticed... He had this interview with Piers Morgan last week, um, and Piers Morgan has been teasing it for a while. He, he he does this annoying thing where he like does like little clips out. You've probably seen them, like throw out the, like these little clips, and he takes a while to take out the the full. Well, the full interview came out, and it's pretty much as expected. And this is the, probably the first time where, uh, Ron has sat down and responded to Trump, probably in a more serious way. Um, but of all the things he says, he never really responds to Trump. In a, in, a, in a strong way, he says dumb things like, like a couple of weeks ago, he says something like, oh, it's just silly season, and he's not going to get into it. Right. And uh, it's it's all weak. And, and you probably noticed, and he's probably noticed, he's going down in the polls. And I know the Republicans are like, oh, we don't trust polls. Well, you obviously do. And the Trump people do. And I know, I'm, I see those polls as sort of accurate. Um, he has been going down in the polls. I mean, he's Trump probably has a double-digit lead in the polls. The latest polls this week is a double-digit lead. And I, I kind of, I, he's not really running a campaign. He hasn't announced or anything, but he's running this, this, kit, this like dark behind the doors campaign where he has the media doing it for him. So like him going to Piers Morgan, there's no reason the governor of Florida is going to, to Piers Morgan if he's not running for president. You don't see the Texas governor Abbott going, Greg Abbott going to Piers Morgan. No. no. Or to anybody. I mean, he goes to the Teen USA stuff when it's in, you know, the concern, the, the push, that, that BS. When it, when it's in Texas, he goes to that kind of stuff. I feel I feel like no matter what Ron do to get over Trump, if he stays silent, I don't think it'll work well for him. Even if he talks crap about him, I don't think that'll work well for him. If you if you if you're in his shoe, what would you do to get the polls over to Trump? Well, the thing is, the, the question he has to ask is, is he running or not? Because he hasn't announced. That's the point. You know, he hasn't announced, and everyone knows he's going to run. And it's also the way it's like you're on a you're on this national book tour. You're going to all these, you're at the Reagan Foundation. You go to Heritage. You go to all these Republican clubs. Pretty much, only reason you're speaking at these clubs is not just to talk because you want to talk to these conservatives. You can do that anytime you want. Right. But you're talking there. You're talking to big donors who are giving you money. Exactly. And there's a reason for it. Exactly. Because you're not running for the you can't run for the governorship of Florida again. This is really your last term. Oh, this is the last term. And so the question is not if he's going to run. It's when is he going to run. Uh. He really has to come out if he wants to beat Trump in the polls. And, and I'm not a big fan of Ron DeSantis at this point. If, if I'm pretty much voting for Trump in the primary. And if he wins the nomination, I'm voting for Trump again. And if Ron wins the nomination, I'll vote for him. But I'm not voting for Ron in the, in the primaries. I'm just not. It would make sense to put Trump first into his last term. And then if Ron wants to run after Trump. Well, that was the plan. That yeah, was, that, that was That's what plan. I saw as a plan. The plan was... You know, in, in 2020 should have never happened. I mean, Trump should have won that election. 
and we wouldn't even be talking about Ron DeSantis. We, 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 we might have been, yeah. been talking about Pence versus DeSantis, who seemingly more weak every single week that comes by. They're kind of like almost the same candidate now. Even, even if COVID never happened, we wouldn't even heard about Ron DeSantis. Well, he wouldn't have been that famous because he's really exactly. coming to notoriety because he's, he's pretty much because of the COVID. And that's what he says in the Piers Morgan. So to get back to the Piers Morgan, the biggest contrast I saw that he says what he did better than Trump was COVID. And I just don't see how he can use that as a way to propel himself to the nomination to say, I'm better than Trump because I handled Trump. I, tra- I handled COVID better. Nobody cares about COVID anymore. Nobody cares about COVID anymore. Exactly. And look, I get it. You want to, you said, uh, he also said, I would have fired Fauci. I get it. You would have <laughs> fired Fauci. But at this point, again, same thing. I don't think that's going to work with the electorate. I don't right. think you can go to the Trump voter who, the, the media has, I saw this article on, um, I think it was Politico, saying that Trump has this advantage on the beer, on the beer voter. Pretty much, it's, they're pretty much, it's like another derogatory term saying, oh, they're the beer belly voters. They're the ones who drink beer. They're the white, uneducated vote that Trump, that, that loves Trump so much because they don't know the, the intricate, the intricate uh, complexities of foreign policy and, and national governance, which is bullshit because Joseph Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden doesn't know it either. Right. And Barack Obama wasn't a great president either. Not really. So they don't understand the complexities of national. Uh, they, so this, it, it, they're going back to that. Like, oh, they're the, it's the beer belly vote. It's the beer jug vote. And Ron DeSantis apparently has, it, and he does. I've, I've noticed that talking to people, he does. Ron DeSantis is more popular, a bit more popular people that are college educated or have are in the upper middle class. It's obvious because he's getting all the money from them. He's getting a lot of uh, donor support from the upper class. So, but but using COVID to get back to that, using COVID as your main policy uh, victory against Trump, it's, it's not, it's gonna, not gonna work. work. It's especially, not gonna work, especially if you're going after Trump. Especially if you're going after Trump, and and Trump kind of replied to that in a couple of Truth Social posts. He pretty much said, uh, in his own way of saying it, is the only reason Ron DeSantis was allowed to do this because we live in a federalist society. We have federalism in this country. What does that mean? It means that states are allowed to do what they want to, what they can do, within legal parameters within their own states. Because the president has huge delegation powers, and during COVID, he pretty much delegated his a, a lot of authority to the fifty states. That's why you see a vast difference between states like California. Mm-hmm. See how uh, a wine boy, um, what's his name, a uh, Gavin Newsom. Are they still on lockdown? No, but I mean the fact that we're just questioning the fact that you're questioning are they still in lockdown? That's the vast difference. Because we, we haven't heard anything about yeah, it. Florida's Florida and California have the have are two different worlds with COVID policy. Really but is. that's only done because of federalism. Because we live in a we have a federalism a federalist society in this country. Meaning California and Florida can run their COVID policy in different ways. So just how they run their tax policies their education policies in different ways. Right. All right. That's the only, that's the, that's the only big difference. And Trump pretty much nailed him over the head on it. And that's going to be the toughest part for, for Ron. Cause he doesn't seem like he wants to be aggressive. And I also don't think he can be aggressive. Cause yeah, what yeah, else can he say? He's pretty bland. Honestly. No, he I, he's, is he's bland. not really that good like that when it comes to being aggressive. No. And, and he's not, and he's not even aggressive. He's charismatic in the looks and he has the, if he was running in 2008, he'd have a great background. He's a Harvard graduated. He went to Harvard. Yeah, yeah. He has an Ivy League degree. Uh, he has a law degree. Uh, he went to West Point. He served in the military. He was a congressman and then became a governor. 
and he won this last governor's race by double digits. So he has a great resume if you just look at it on paper. Mm -hmm. Now, for 2008, if you put him, a popular governor against Barack Obama, uh, not really well-known, had baggage, a senator from Illinois, that does well. But put the context in. We're talking about he's in a primary with a former president who's eligible for the presidency again, who has a ton of support from the base, and still has a lot of movement. It was funny to me because, and this is related to the Piers Morgan, it's that he's, so Fox, Brian Kilmeade on Fox, he went down to Florida to this diner. I don't know if you saw it a couple weeks ago. No. And he was talking to everybody in the diner and pretty much saying, uh, you know, oh, Trump or DeSantis. And everybody was saying Trump. And, and, and it's this other aspect of Ron and why I keep saying there's this shadow campaign behind the scenes. He hasn't announced, but everyone knows he's running and they're doing his bidding for him. Same thing with the Ben Shapiro's, Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire. Daily Wire is just shitting. Even Matt Walsh? Matt Walsh really loves Ron. Really? He really loves uh, um, uh, Ron DeSantis. And you can tell they're shilling for him. Because every same thing with Tucker Carlson, I've noticed it. Yeah, Tucker. Yeah, every, you, you I've noticed it lately, and I noticed that I see. It seems as if they're being ever since ever since CPAC. I noticed that they're being forced to talk about Trump more, because beforehand they really weren't talking about him. It was kind of like this foregone conclusion. Yeah, he was running again, but they really, really weren't talking about him. It was really about Ron. They really were. They really have focused a lot on Ron DeSantis, and I get it. Ron's in office, so he has a record. But like, but it's. <laughs> It's funny because uh, Trump, uh, the criticism against that Ron, that, that Trump has against Ron DeSantis, um, it's kind of like a Democrat. It's like it's like it's as if what a Democrat should say. And it's funny because Trump could really be a Democrat and a Republican and be great at both. Oh yeah. Uh, he has a he was, it was on Truth Social. It was after he said the the thing about um, pretty much he was allowed to do what he did in Florida because of me. Mm-hmm. It's if you look at the data, Florida's fiftieth in education. It's it's bottom it's ranked in the bottom uh, slots in affordability. What is it right now? In education, it's fiftieth out of all fifty states, so it's like almost dead last. It's dead last. Oh wow! In education, affordability is like in the last section, the last uh, percentage points. So it's, it ranks on the bottom in affordability because and they do have a problem with with uh, inflate with the um, with higher uh, real estate prices. It's becoming really unaffordable in Florida now. Pretty much because everyone from California and the West is moving there. It's moving there, yeah. It's moving there. So that drives up the price, and it's making it unaffordable. And that's a real problem he's going to have. And, look, if he runs for president and he wins and he leaves, that problem is going to be handed to, to the Republican that comes after him because he won't be there. He won't take the blame for it. And he hasn't addressed that problem. He also has a rising crime problem. Florida has a rising crime problem. Yeah, it's true. also because everyone's going there. Everyone's going there. And if you notice, everyone's going to vacation there. You just notice what happened there in spring break. break. You just saw that. It's crazy. And that happens here in Jersey. Uh, what's that town? Uh, I think it's Long Branch. Where all those kids go to fight. All those kids go on spring break. But really what they're doing is that they're just looking for problems. They're looking for trouble. And the, I don't know if you ever see those videos online on uh, IG or, or Twitter or Facebook. All these kids going to um, Long Branch. New, New Jersey. I think, I think I've seen some, yeah. You've seen them. They're fighting. The cops have to go. They have to set a curfew. The, co- the cops have to force everyone back in. All the kids want to fight them. And you know who they are. It's, ma- it's mostly Hispanic and mostly black kids. Mm. And that's what's happening in Florida. So they do have this problem. Um, and Ron, and, and that's a really good criticism. Because Ron, Ron, what Ron is doing is going on these um, networks like Piers Morgan. When he goes to the, he had this Q&A with, uh, with Ben Shapiro. And he went to the Reagan Foundation and all these other institutes. Uh, think tanks that are right wing what they're do- what he's doing is pretty much it's like this his biggest contrast and he said it in the Piers Morgan interview is leadership style he called Trump self-absorbed pretty much saying that there's a lot of drama 
that the people that he put or that Trump put around himself weren't adequate and that if Ron was president, not saying that he's going to be president, but if he was president, he wouldn't have done that. That if he was president, that everybody in his cabinet would be lockstep and barrel with him 100% on his side and focused on what they were, what he was trying to do. And it makes me laugh. because I don't, I don't see that. No, that's not how it works. It's also, that's not going to put you up in the polls. Maybe with your electorate, the, uh, the well-educated, upper-middle class, maybe they like that. But guess what? You already have that vote in the back if you're on DeSantis. You're trying to cut into the Trump base, people like me. And I'm college-educated, but the Trump base. I've supported Trump since 2016. I voted for him twice. I plan to do it a third time. And he, what his goal has to be, how am I going to get the rest of the, the Trump base? Because the Nikki Haley vote, he can get that vote. That vo- that's the neocon establishment vote, which is another problem with Ron is that the Trump base isn't liking him because every single week now that goes further and further, he's showing himself to be a neocon. They're not liking Ron. Or part of, I don't think the Trump base is liking Ron, and I see it more and more. I think every single time he does these interviews, he comes off as desanctimonious. And this, interview is, <laughs> this interview this interview is, well, desanctimonious, it's, it's, it's the snobby, I'm smarter than you and you know it, and we all know it, I get things done, and I, it's this sort of like, a hidden arrogance that I'm smarter than you, I'm holier than thou. Uh, you guys do that, but I don't. I'm a, I'm a. It's like it's like trying to pr- uh, portray himself as this perfect policy candidate, and it, it's funny because it reminds me of uh, Elizabeth Warren in 2020. People like mm. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Mm, right. Elizabeth Warren used to go on these networks, and she used to come out and say, you know, she had these like policy packets and these binders with this, like these policies. And she used to say, oh, I have everything organized. I know exactly what I'm going to do in my cabinet. Do they even read it? (laughs) I'm sure that she has her staff and she's (laughs) written it up. But I just don't think that's going to win you over because nobody wants to hear that. You're not winning votes on who you have in your cabinet. Trump did not gain votes because he had uh, Mike Pompeo as Secretary of State. He just didn't. He didn't do it. And and I look, and I think it's an adequate criticism. You can criticize Trump. Because I know the neocons and the DeSantis voters are saying, well, that's the problem with the Trump vote. You can't criticize Trump. Oh, I have to criticize Trump. I have. I certainly have. I think there is a problem. I think the beginning of the problem with the Trump administration was the people that he put around them. But that's not the point. The point is that Ron is selling this image that he's going to get everything done or that Trump never got anything done. That That's the that's the other problem that's there. But back to the view. He He's... Ron does have this problem. He's not going to be able to to over. I don't think he's going to win the nomination. No, I just don't think so. And he hasn't even announced. He hasn't even announced. Um, I just don't see him winning. It might. The nomination. It might come close though. It's, it's not. It's not going to be a, a huge landslide. I think. I think it'll come close. You probably, think so? Probably. I say probably a seventy thirty or sixty forty. No, that's a landslide. Yeah, seventy thirty is a, definitely a landslide. Well, yeah, seventy thirty. Sixty forty. Sixty forty is closer than you want. Typically, when you have a former president who's the leader of the party, which is also. The Republicans have this problem, but it's also like a benefit because there's this contrast. Democrats don't, uh, the Democratic voter doesn't elect their nominees. They get selected. If you notice the yeah. last three, uh, last four primaries, probably outside of Barack Obama, really, um, Hillary should have been the nominee following this logic in 2008. But since 2016 and 2020, the nominees have been selected. Hillary Clinton was selected. She ran for... In the, in, her, in the caucus and the primaries for the Democratic nomination. She ran against people like Bernie Sanders and Martin yeah, O'Malley. Like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, Martin O'Malley was never going to be president. 
he might have been a vice presidential candidate, who I think would have been a better vice pre- a, a vice presidential ticket uh, than Tim Kaine, who uh, Hillary ended up uh, choosing. Oh, you think so? I I, I would have thought so because I think uh, Martin O'Malley was far more charismatic than uh, he was a governor. Anyways, um, but it, they're selected. Joseph Biden was sel- Joe selected, Biden was yeah. selected. We all knew when he got into the race, it was in the back. Uh, the, these people like the Marianne Williamsons, the those those the billionaire, the the progressive billionaire, which is a weird mix. Uh, that the what's his name, Kane. Uh, all those people, the, the, they weren't gonna win. They were just there really for fodder, just for entertainment. And and they had this and the Cory Booker's, the Kamala Harris's, the Tulsi's, and I love Tulsi's, but all those people, you knew they weren't gonna win. The Pete Buttigieg's, the uh, the the senator from Minnesota. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, they weren't going to mm, win. Right. The Warrens, the social. Now the Warrens and the Sanders, they're more of a threat because they represent a different wing. They're the progressive wing. They're the socialist wing. They're that hard left that's really hijacked the party since 2016. Well, really since oh, Barack Obama, because this idea that Barack Obama was a moderate is just a lie. Yeah, he's... well, if you, if you move aside, if you move aside Warren, Biden, and Hillary Clinton, who do you think will be the next Democrat? Uh, nomination if uh joseph if joe biden doesn't run in 2024 yeah or after 2024 yeah and they and they they decided to pick a younger i think it's gavin newsom i think gavin newsom has been groomed to be the next i think he's really the i I just don't see anybody else i think that i think 2020 helped see helped kind of uh put people in their place i don't think cory cory booker used to be named used to be seen as a uh, presidential contender not anymore. I don't think even they even got over three percent. I don't know. All those all those people got you know one two percent maybe three percent, yeah. but they never got any big votes because they never got any traction. Mainly because there's nothing. There's really no policy. There's no there's no agenda. There's it's no. The, it's it's the same shtick for the past 20, 30 years. It's been the same shtick, and and this idea that the main problem is is that when Barack Obama ran for president in two thousand eight, he recalibrated the entire party. He tribalized the country. He pretty much put people in these groups that the the black vote, the Spanish vote, the Asian <clears throat> vote. Right. And it's a huge contrast be- between him and the last time a Democratic president was president, and that's Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton represented this white, Democratic, corporate, good old boys network where it was the Democratic, corporate uh, leadership. They had people in places like Wall Street. They had – they weren't – it wasn't this high taxation, anti-Wall Street – Anti uh, 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 free marketeering, anti oil, this pro green, pro union, pro high taxation movement oh, wow. that you see now. There's yeah. a huge contrast, and so I think the problem Democrats have, which is why I call it a dead party, is that they're trying to find someone to recreate that, and that was Hillary's biggest problem. You could tell Hillary tried to recreate that model in 2016. She tried to use the Obama model and failed. Why? But she's not Barack Obama. She's not. It's like it's it's the same thing with Trump and DeSantis. It's like Trump is going to try. DeSantis is going to try to replicate this Trump model. But he's not Trump. But he's not Donald Trump. That's why this is question of Trumpism without Trump. It can't be. He's the guy. He's the only guy on this on the stage in 2016 who brought the, up the issues of building a wall. He's the only one who brought up the issue of immigration of whether we're going to deport or not. He was the only one who talked about trade deals. He's the only one who stood up there and said, uh, the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is a bad trade deal, and I'm going to end it, and I'm going to get rid of it, and I'm going to renegotiate NAFTA. There's no Republican on that stage who said they were going to renegotiate NAFTA. Do you think Scott Walker, Jeb Bush, is going to reneg- renegotiate tra- no. NAFTA? No. 
<laughs> so this entire notion that they have that 2016 would have been won with any Republican because Hillary was such a bad candidate. No, you needed someone like Donald Trump who went out there in 2016 and would point out the things, the stupid hypocrisies that Hillary was saying on the stage out there to the public. You need someone blunt. Ted Cruz isn't likable. Marco Rubio looks like a little boy. Uh, Scott Walker is a neocon. Jeb Bush is a neocon. Chris Christie is too fat and nobody was going to vote for him. Uh, Kasich, is, Kasich, the Ohio governor, is this, oh, golly, gee whiz. You know, I like to give hugs and shake people's hands, and I'm never going to talk about, what about any Republican. That, that would not get you over. None of that's going to win you. That's why he was the only candidate. He may have been really the only candidate who would have won the nomination and beaten Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders would have been a struggle because people in that still even today still can't associate yeah but bernie the, sanders has been a struggle he's been he's been far more popular than uh, than hillary clinton has or a lot of these i mean he's probably still pop, more like, popular than biden but like but like but like you said before they've been selected they've and been selected bernie, i feel like bernie sanders bernie been, bernie sanders would have been the first time in a long time he would have been chosen yeah he would have been chosen and and that's a real struggle that's a real struggle for the party is that they've been uh, 2020, I think, was a devil's bargain. Joe, Joe Biden made a, or the party, made a devil's bar, made a, uh, made a devil's pact with the far left. They said, if you help us get over the hump and beat that man and beat uh, Donald Trump, we'll lend you all the institutional support. We'll lend you the media. We'll give you the the the, the financing in Wall Street. We'll give you the financing in the in the financial sector. We'll give you every every single power they have, mm-hmm. which the Democratic Party does have in Washington. Right. They control the judicial system. They control the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. They control uh, every single major institution, all the departments, the IRS, the Postal Office, the Post Office. Even if you don't think that matters, obviously did in in twenty twenty when we did the mail-ins. They lent all that support to the to the far left so that they would get Joe Biden over the hump. Because he was really, he's really, he's really not a, he's not really a, pr- a person at this point. No, he's he's this corpse. He's this political corpse that's put up there, plopped up there and said, oh, just get us fi- the finish line and get Trump out of there. That's what they did. And I think now they're in a quandary. Uh, mainly because Joe Biden is dead. I mean, he's not really, he doesn't seem alive. He's dead, but popular. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead, but and he supposedly got a one million votes. I guess we'll go with that. And, I, and I'm pretty sure you noticed the amount of vacation days he's had. He's have taken so far. I think. I, I mean, think, you I think, had you had his former press secretary Jen Psaki on MSNBC. I when think the he has the most failed. vacation days. Well, Obama. I think Obama had. I don't think he has had that many yet. But oh, well, not yet. Not yet. But I, I decided. Well, you you saw. I don't know if you saw Jen Psaki, his former press secretary on MSNBC, when the banks collapsed. And he had this press conference at 9 a.m. in the morning. Right. She's saying, she said it as if it was this grand thing to say, as if it was like this, in this, like, like this funny, like, oh, no, it was really a big deal. She's like, oh, well, he, if he came out at 9 a.m. in the morning, it must be a really big deal because he's usually not up at 9 a.m. He's, he's Joe Biden. He's a night owl. Everyone knows he is. I didn't a know night you, owl. I didn't know you need a time shift to start. Well, <laughs> If the president, president of the United States is not working at nine in the morning, when most of America has been up and awake and working, exactly their jobs, what is going then on? What, yeah, what is he doing? And then the second part of that is a night owl. You mean to tell me that old man, that old man is up at night, is up at eleven p.m., twelve midnight, doing his job? There was a leak on Politico, and and I don't really trust a lot of these media sources, but I do trust Politico when it comes to insider Democrat news, you know, inside the Democratic Party. It, mainly because Politico is run by a bunch of left-wing bloggers who used to work for the Democratic Party, so that's why it's kind of accurate. Mm. But a couple a couple months ago, it was maybe it was last year, they had this uh, expose pretty much talking about Biden's schedule, 
where it's like, yeah, he gets to the office like at 10 a.m. He's up like at, he wakes up like at 8 in the morning. I mean, he's not ready, you know, he's not brushing, you know, he's waking up at 8 in the morning. So my question is, what's going on in the White House? Who's governing this country? Because anybody with, who's paying attention, or with a brain, or without bias, knows he's not running this country. No. Uh, I used to say it was Ron Klain, the chief of staff that left. Ron Klain was the chief of staff. He was the chief of staff in the, when he was vice president. And Ron Klain does his odd, uh, has his odd, odd resume where he seems, to, he usually comes in but doesn't f- uh, finish the term. So it's not the first time he's left. But I really thought that he was, uh, that he was running the presidency. It just seemed like that. He was the shadow president. But I think it's this cabal. I think it's really this trinity or this cabal of people in the White House that are running it. I think it's Susan Rice, who's one of the most despicable women I've ever seen on TV. Really? Uh, she was a national security advisor for Barack Obama, and she's a woman that will lie in front of your face, have no regrets about it, and give you an attitude. She's like a Lori Lightfoot, but qualified in her area. Yeah. You know, she's a despicable woman. You can find clips talking her about her talking to the media, pretty much just lying to people um, about all the disasters they did in the Middle East and in Africa. It's her... It's definitely Jill Biden. I think Jill Biden oh, yeah, has a I can huge, see huge, huge influence in the White House. She, I mean, she's she's done uh, half of his uh, press conference too. Oh yeah, no, or, she, or yeah. His first and, and every she, time, yeah, every time he does a little rallies and. I think a rally, it's one, like it's like a like a book club. Honestly. Yeah, it's more like, like a book yeah, club. Yeah, it's like a yeah. book club for senior citizens. There's she nobody there. She speaks for him. She speaks for him. She guides him, and it's like this. And she does it in this like uh, funny type of way, where it's like, "Oh, here, come here, come here, Joe. Oh no, you're gonna walk here, shake his hand, and you know, oh, it's it's great." <laughs> have, you, have you seen the meme where Joe Biden is speaking to everyone, but Biden is like right behind her, and then there's an ice ice cream truck. Just oh yeah, and he like runs and he runs, like, runs away. Yeah, I Biden saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like accurate. It's like he's out of it. He's out of it. He's definitely out of it. You know, we all know he's definitely out of the picture. Sometimes when he's done, he'll just look to the side and start shaking. Like, who the hell are you shaking? No, and you see these videos when he like walks away from the press conference and Secret Service is kind of guiding him. Yeah. And he like walks to the guy and then makes a right. There you go. Come that way, please. He like walks on the lawn. Like, there's this video he was like, they were trying to like push him or like walk him, guide him along like the, 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 the sidewalk. And he just walks into, like, the lawn. Yeah, he and, just kept going. And he goes through these bushes <laughs> to, the to walk into the lawn. I'm like, this man is definitely out of it. And he was in Canada this week talking to Trudeau, Fidel Castro's um, secret son. And uh, they were just talking about uh, Ukraine and Russia. And he started whispering again. And he was like, he, he asked him, like, uh, you know, are you concerned that, that Russia and China had a meeting? And he says, he says, how, do you, how, many, he says how many times do you think Russia and China have had meetings? And then he whispered, he was like, He's like, a lot of them. And I'm like, why are you Did whispering? Really? Yeah, he whispered. I've, I haven't seen the whole thing. So yeah, I, I've only seen like clips. He, he, he whispered into the mic, and I'm like, why are you whispering? Is anybody going to go to this old man and tell him stop whispering? But again, it's like, can you really say anything to him? I, it feels to me it's as if like he goes out, he, he does his press conference, he has this meeting uh, with, the, with, the, with the press there in public, and then when he gets back inside the, the Oval Office, they just shove him out of closet, and then Jill and Susan Rice and whoever the hell starts getting to work. That's, that's what it feels like to me. Do you think Barack Obama's also? I think Barack Obama's heavily heavily involved. I think this is his third term. I think I think Hillary Clinton 2016 would have been would have literally been Barack Obama's third term. Now, Hillary would have governed on her own. I think Hillary cuz she obviously is there, 
But I think she would have been a horrible president, like most people. But that would have been Barack Obama's agenda just being put out in a third term. She would have been, she would have governed like Barack Obama. Divisive, Except racially divisive. Yeah. Yeah, worse than Biden, mainly Especially because... Especially with foreign policy, yeah. yeah. The foreign policies, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about a Ukraine war. Why? Not because it wouldn't have happened, because it would have already happened. We would be talking about Taiwan. We would be talking about the, the North Korea bombing South Korea. We, people, people don't remember at this point. And conservatives are doing this, just to get back to, to the Santas, people, conservatives are, are making this fatal mistake. I think one that if we look in history, we made one, at one point uh, in 1988 when George Herbert Walker Bush became president. Hmm. I think George Herbert Walker Bush and Ron DeSantis are rarely analogous. I think I, I think I can make this analogy. I can see that, yeah. And because Ronald Reagan and Trump are very similar. They were both outsiders. I mean, people like to romanticize Ronald Reagan now, but he was disliked. He was disliked by the establishment. What was he doing before he became president? Well, he was the governor of California. Okay. And, then for, and he ran for the vice and he ran for president in uh, 1976, and he lost to Gerald Ford in a hung convention. Mm. And at that convention, he pretty much handed his support to Gerald Bush, to Gerald Ford, I mean. And and George Bush was essentially that uh, he worked. George Bush uh, worked for uh, Gerald Ford. And Gerald Ford was essentially a longtime congressman from Michigan. He was an establishment. He was an establishment man. Okay. You know, he was in the establishment. Um, George Bush, the same thing. He had key posts like national security advisor. He worked in defense department. He was a CIA director for a while. Um, They were both this establishment. Ronald Reagan represented this Barry Goldwater wing, this socially conservative, fiscally conservative, hard conservative wing of the party that was really about 30 40, 30%, 40% of the party. But it wasn't getting any traction because it was very divisive. Mm. Uh, Barry Goldwater had run for president in 1968, uh, no, 1964 against uh, uh, Lyndon Bain Johnson, LBJ, and got wiped out. Right. Barry yes. Goldwater got right. wiped out by LBJ. Um, who would have not? Who was popular? I mean, you know, LBJ was a, was a Democrat from Texas, so he still had that, you know, socially conservative, uh, hard Democrat vote, that white Democratic vote from the South, um, you know, and he had the Northerner vote. He had that Northerner vote. Uh, he had the black vote at the time, you know. Well, you know, Democrats had the black vote since FDR. But, you know, he was a very popular man. He was very popular, but the problem was that the Republicans didn't put a man who... who He was very influential for us. I think he opened up our eyes and made us realize that we can't keep electing these Dwight Eisenhower moderates. And I like Dwight, I like Dwight Eisenhower. But these moderate Republicans that will pretty much let Democrats have their way on the social social side. Um, and, you know, they, they'll, they'll nominate these, uh, these chief, these judges to the Supreme Court that are going to turn out to be liberals. Sort of like what uh, the Warren, the Warren Burger Court, and all these Supreme Court justices that came after uh, in the fifties and sixties that were nominated by Republicans, but they turned out to be to 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 pretty much vote along the same lines as uh, the Democratic nominated ones were. Okay, and that's why you had things like um, Roe v. Wade and a lot of these other cases, mainly because of weak, moderate Republican presidents that. Really, they, every time there was pressure from the left, they would just bow down, and that, that's the same set of conundrum that you had, that you have with Ron DeSantis. That's the worry I have with Ron DeSantis, is that he's an establishment guy at the end, and I really do think so. 
And I mentioned George W. Bush because that's what he was. And Ronald Reagan chose George Bush, who who George George Bush did not like Ronald Reagan. If you go back to the 1980 uh, primaries, there was this famous clip where George Bush pretty much had Ronald Reagan's mic turned off at a debate. At a debate. Get his really? mic turned off. And Ronald Reagan angrily said, I'm paying for this mic. Right. And they had to turn it back on. But that's because the establishment didn't like him. People forget that. People did not like Ronald Reagan. He was viewed as too conservative, unelectable, had no government experience outside of being the governor of California. And that was, and he was last governor of California, I think, in 1976. So it had been four years since he had been uh, anything. And he was an outsider. You know, he wasn't well entrenched in Washington politics. Um, he'd never been a, rubber, a, a, a congressman, a senator. And here you had several candidates, like George Bush, who were well-liked in Washington. They, got, they were going to get all the, do- the funding. They were going to get all the donors. Does it sound a bell? You have Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Ron, Donald Trump is running, back, running into this 2016 thing. And, and that's why he's like this tragic hero. Because everything he does, everything he says that he does that's right, that's accurate, that comes true. He'll never get the full appreciation because people in the Republican Party are going to say, oh, but he's still too divisive and we can't win with him. Well, with, okay, so with 2024 coming up, right, what do you think Trump should do to uh, get the uh, voters back with him? I think, I think, th- well, he's doing some things that are, he's doing, he's doing a couple things that I like. Um, he's, he stopped talking about 2020. He stopped talking about the fraud. He stopped talking about, oh, you know, it was stolen. We're going to go. He did say, he did have this line in the in CPAC that, um, that you know, I'm your redemption. Oh, uh, yeah. You saw that. It was a very odd thing to say because it's, it, but it, but it, it kind of, I, I mentioned to you, I think I mentioned this to you a couple years ago when he lost. I said, you know, the biggest mistake Democrats are going to do is let him run for president again because this time he's going to run with a fury. Yeah. He's running with vengeance and he's not going to stop until he's back in the White House. And it's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing to have this vengeance because it's it's sort of channeled towards the people, towards the electorate. He's pretty much saying that I am your representative. This was stolen from us. This beautiful opportunity to make this country great again was stolen from us. And it was stolen from us because of weak Republicans in Washington and weak and, and corrupt Democrats who are pretty much That's bought the problem. and paid like, for by you, China. How can you stop that? Especially when you got weak Republicans who say we are for the people. Yeah. They're not doing it. No, they're not doing it. And, they're and, just sitting there just to get the paycheck. And that's they're it. just sitting there. They're getting all the news time. And that's why I think people are tired about tired of these hearings. That's why this this Congress. That's why you saw this. That's why you saw Matt Gates and Lowen Bobert. Um, you know whatever her last name is. However, that was she wants <laughs> to say. This is her last <laughs> term in Congress. This is her last <laughs> term in Congress anyway. I don't think I don't think a lot of Republican voters um, like the fact that they held up Kevin McCartney being the, the Speaker of the House for 13, I think, what, 16 votes. 16 times they tried, I think 16 times they tried to vote for Kevin McCartney. Yeah, the whole thing was so childish. Show. It was such a circus because a lot of them didn't want to say why they were doing it. They were saying it because we're with the people and we're going to support the people. And Did gonna... Matt Gates vote for uh, Trump? But, yeah, Matt Gates nominated <laughs> Trump. And then uh, you had uh, people like uh, Boebert saying, well, Donald Trump is wrong and I, he doesn't. he should just stick to what he's doing. It's like, lady, you do realize you owe your entire political career to Trump. If we had a president like Scott Walker or Jeb Bush, we would be we, we would be in such a bad situation right now. Joe Biden would be president. Joe Biden would be legitimately elected president because Jeb Bush or Scott Walker or anybody from that wing of the party 
Chris Christie's, they would have governed weekly. They would have been weak presidents. They would have they would have bowed down whenever any leftists, any any AOC would have been elected. They would have been like, oh, guys, I guess we have to sign parts of the Green Deal. I guess we have to do parts of, oh, you know, don't, 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 don't nominate Gorsuch and Ka- oh, Kavanaugh. He has an allegation, even though it's flimsy, it's flimsy, and any legal proceeding would fail because of the statute of limitations. Oh, no, we will just tell tell Kavanaugh to just withdraw. Tell him do to you quit. think they're doing that just to get some likes from the Democrat? They do. That's what they do. I think deep down they they wish they were as popular. They want to be. They want to be in the club. They want to be in the club. They want to go on the Jimmy Kimmel's and the Jimmy Fallon's, and they want to be invited to the View, and they want to they want to go on all these shows, and they like going on CNN, and 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 for the real elector, for the people out there, it's like why, why would you want to do that? You're losing out so much. You know, and look, politicians should never be judged on the basis of whether they're celebrity or popular. And Ron DeSantis, going back to him, talked about you know Trump being self-absorbed and being this uh, celebrity type of politician, and that you know it was all noise and a lot of noise and a lot of fireworks, and you know just pretty much this Neil, this like never Trumper complaint that oh he's ruining the movement because it's all about him and it's news headlines every day about whether Trump is eating ice cream or that he has lawsuits all over the place, like the Georgia lawsuit and the classified documents lawsuit, and that, oh, he's going to get indicted, indicted by, by uh, Alvin Bragg. Uh, that's, that, that's that classic never-Trumper criticism, that, mm. oh, you just can't elect him because he's just too much noise. This is, it's, it's this, re, it's oh, this rewriting of history. It's this rewriting of history, as if Republican presidents back in the day, or presidents back in the day, didn't have any noise or, or baggage yeah, on what's them. Wrong? Yeah. John Kennedy used to have a nudist... Uh, uh, pool parties in the White House pool. He used to be nude. He used to be naked, and have his staff out there naked with him in in the White House pool. He used to he used to pretty much go commando in the White House. Lyndon Bain Johnson used to take out his his uh, his his cock in middle of meetings and say, "You bet Ho Chi Minh Ho Chi Minh doesn't have one like mine." I heard about that. Yeah, he used to do that in meetings. He used to take a piss in the bathroom. He would make his staff come in and record him speaking. As he was taking a piss in the bathroom. Uh, okay, weird. <laughs> it's just this weird thing. It's just like this power-hungry, odd type of, uh, 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 of, of governing. This weird type of person. And then they say, well, Trump is crude. He's crass. He's he's ah, he's just too Machiavellian. He's oh, you know, he 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 screams at the press. He calls them. He says fake news. He calls Kim Jong Un fat. He he calls Mika. Uh, the from Morning Joe, and then he says, "Oh, she has a busted lip." You know, all the Botox in her face. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's this thing. Oh, that's just, that's too much for them. But when Barack Obama goes overseas and says, "Oh, you know, the, what the, the problem with the American people is that they're lazy. They don't want to leave their country. They feel as if they know everything and that they've seen everything." In a sense, he used he used to go on the he used to go on the world stage and pretty much say everything except decadent, which is what China and Russia see as decadent, kind of playing the cards as. This ridiculous thing, and, and and the problem is that Ron is trying is, is trying to create the same celebrity for himself. He's trying to create this thing that oh look at me, I'm holier than thou. What I what he does wrong, I would never do. I would never have this uh, porn star lawsuit. And he said that in the press conference, he attacked Trump in the press conference. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, and, he did. And, and, and I don't know. And I know the Ron supporters are saying how you know you you Trumpers always say you guys are deranged and you always support him blindly because you say. In his moment of need. Well, yeah, this is the clear-cut moment. You're the governor of Florida. If there are indictments and Donald Trump is in Florida, they're going to ask you to extra- extradite him to New York. 
and the question is going to be asked to you are you going to do it or not well he knows he knows something that we all don't know i mean he he used to hang around with with, with all these politicians he's a he's a billionaire so obviously he's not going to randomly go around saying like oh he did this he said this he's not going to no. he's not going to do that and people forget and, and 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 it's unfortunate like i was saying people are forgetting where the world was in 2015 barack obama was president we had a sluggish economy these uh, conservative grifters now that are all on Ronnie Boy's side because they think Ron is going to be the next president and is going to give him all this influence. This is also the problem why the Never Trumper, uh, the Never Trumpers, became this 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 entrenched in hitting Trump. It's because for the first time, a Republican president, a Republican uh, office holder, let's say in the Senate, or especially the president, rejected them. You know, because people like George Bush would always defer to places like, you know, the Heritage Foundation. Or the Rand corporate, the Rand Corporation, these think tanks that would eff- effectively draft policy for the president, they would literally decide what the Republican policy was. And Donald Trump said, "I don't want, I don't need your help. I don't need any of you. Right. I am the policy." Yeah. And that's the thing. There is no Trumpism without Trump. There's just there's 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 a MAGA agenda. But the problem is that a lot of the people that are in Congress, like the Matt Gates and Lowen Berberts and the MG and the Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greens. They can't define the MAGA agenda. They just say things like "America first, America first. Well, in, oh, in, I'm America first. I'm for America. We'll define it. What is America first? Right. Donald Trump is the only person that went out there and said, "This is America first. And it's why am I? Why is America paying the most for NATO when these rich countries in Ger- like Germany, who rip us off on trade, like Belgium, Holland, the Netherlands? Uh, 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 Italy. He did. Spain, he did mention that in too, France. Yeah, he he constantly mention mentioned it, and he would say it to their faces. And when he would go to NATO, we are paying way too much. Why am I paying for the defense of South Korea, who's ripping us on trade, who, who profits way more on trade than us? We've essentially, and this is the thing about why I don't really like. Uh, I do. I I have a soft spot for George Bush, uh, the father. But not really. The, not, eh, I kind of have a soft spot for them. But the problem was that they were part of the wing of the of Republican Party, the weak wing, that joined Democrats in this in the intellectual bourgeoisie, you could call them, that without giving the people a vote, the people who would be most af- uh, affected by this, the people in the heartland and the Rust Belt, like the Pennsylvanias, the Ohios, Indianas, Kentuckys, all across the country in the heartland, they essentially said, we're going to export or effectively, no, we're going to mortgage our current economic prosperity in America, our domestic production, which is a lot of GDP, you know, in the terms of 7 8% GDP, mm-hmm. we're going to mortgage that and export it to East Asia on the flimsical whim that if we give places like China, Singapore, uh, you know, Vietnam, all these countries in Southeast Asia that are impoverished and under the specter of communism, that they're going to move away from communism, that they're going to become liberal democracies. That was the idea. That if those countries are economically feasible, that if they have economic prosperity, they will become liberal democracies. You'll see people starting, you'll see people in the streets protesting against totalitarianism. Well, guess what? Guess what, sweetheart? None of that happened. No. China is still, commu- is still communist and authoritarian today as it was then. Singapore... Still has. I showed you. I think uh, a couple months ago, all these countries in East Asia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, all these countries seem to have our uniparty governments. There are several political parties, but they all lean left. 
and the ones that are in power are hard left. Or if they're not hard left, they're being bullied or, or governed by hard left parties. Right. People in China are going to say, oh, but there's, there's not just the CCP in, in, in Peking, China, which is Beijing. Um, there's, all, there's all these countries in, that govern from Peking. You know, it's not just the CCP. There's the people from Hong Kong. There's the people from Tibet. There's, yeah, but they're but all they're all they're, they're all, all allies. Yeah, they're all the when same. you go into the you know, you could check Wikipedia. If you all check it out, they're all allied to the CCP. Yeah, I I remember it's you did, the uh, all show me same that. thing. These are all uniparty governments. I was shocked by that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. and people don't know this. They say, "Oh, China, you know, they're just the, they're the, there's those Chinese people there. They need our help because they're in the rice fields." No, no, no. Those are tigers, and they don't like us. And the fact that we're giving them our affluence, they're saying, these people are so wealthy, they're so powerful. Why are they, how weak are they that they come to help someone that, that doesn't like them? Because they know they don't, they don't like us and they know that. China says, we don't like you. We don't like your way of life. We don't like the free market. The fact that you're, it's like the uh, famous thing when uh, Hitler came back from, from, uh, from meeting Chamberlain and, in in, in uh, Versailles, mm. and pretty much said uh, the Germans were so happy. He's like, oh no, we, oh that Chamberlain guy, Nepal Chamberlain, we just love that guy. He just gave us all of he just gave us all of Poland. He pretty much said, you know, if you take uh, you know more land, it's fine, but just don't cross that boundary. You know, he gave you know Neverland, ne- right, right, you know, right. Chamberlain yeah. gave up, let Hitler take Poland, uh, France and Poland, mainly because and, and and Hitler pretty much in his mind, and that's that way of thinking that. And it's really dominating that part of the world, that Eastern European, Asian, uh, Asian part of the world. This, this strong leader, this this authoritarian leader that grabs things by the by the hem by the helm and, and dictates to the people. And those countries kind of like that. I think that's I think that's a realization that Washington doesn't have is that maybe those countries like having fascist leaders. Maybe they like having dictators. I think France is going going through the same thing. Well, France is ha- France is going through a different problem. We'll talk about that another time. But. Uh, France is going through a different problem because France uh, is is a huge, not really a welfare state, but there's a huge uh, entitlements program. You know, they can retire at the age of 55 or even 40. Uh, they have you no know, great. They have free health insurance. But back b- back to this is that we're, you know we're running into this problem where where we're pretty much, there's no there's no deterrence. So when Hitler went went with Chamberlain and saw that saw that we were giving everything up to and saw that pretty much France and, and Great Britain, two big powers at the time, um, were letting him have all this territory. He was saying, it's so weak. They have all this power. And then why, why is he doing this? How Who, dare you? Who's saying this? Hitler in his mind is saying, you know, these guys are so powerful and they're just letting me have this. Oh, yeah. That's they're just letting me have this. It's so weak. Yeah. It's so weak. And so he goes back to Germany and the and people in the party are saying, you know, you know, that Neville guy, you must really like him. And Hitler says, no, I hate him. Next time I'm going to see him, I'm going to shove that umbrella. I'm going to knock him over the head with that umbrella of his. That stupid umbrella of his. How, what, what is, you know, he's so weak. He has, he has the strongest navy, the, one of the strongest armies in the world. It's this great imperial power throughout the world. And he's just handing me a territory. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he know what I'm going to do? But it's, it's because people in that part of the world and we're in that mindset right now which is why we can't afford to have around the santas is that these great powers because we don't want war because we try it's this tragedy we look back in these past conflicts with with a tragic view we regret them 
you know, the, the Great Britain and France, they looked at World War One and they saw the millions of people that died. The twos and two, the twos and threes of millions of people. Not just not just civilians, but soldiers that died in that trench welfare. Right. That they said, We can't go through another war. We have to do all it takes to prevent one. And right. Hitler is saying, What are you talking about? Yeah. You're stronger than me. You have a navy. Germany was forced to not have a navy after World War Two in the Treaty of Versailles. We were pay we were told to pay all you all to pay you this huge amount of money. And you're just telling me that I can take that land again? You're so weak. You know, they're looking you're looking back on your past with 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 sadness, with sorrow. And that's what we're doing, and that's really the effect of Barack Obama. And we can't afford to do that. We can't afford to have Ron DeSantis. My biggest point is Ron DeSantis, he can he can go out there and he can have these um all these policies and he's like oh i have all the policies you know i'm not going to have any drama and people are going to be in line in my administration and my secretary of state is going to be in line with what i want that's not going to win you the president yeah, that's not going to go with any trump voter they don't care people the democratic party or in the and you saw that with elizabeth, elizabeth warren that's why she didn't win and it's not the best analogy but it's sort of the same thing he gives off this vibe that's why the sanctimonious is such a great nickname and donald trump is like the best nickname giver ever for like his political opponents, it's like desanctified, and he called them. Um, he called them like uh, Meatball Ron the other day, oh, yeah, which did. is hilarious because <laughs> he's like making fun of the fact that he was chubby and now he's skinny, right? You know, and he's like, and he and he, and he accused them of being like this gay groomer at one point, which is odd. I don't, I didn't understand that reference. No, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it either. And that you know, um, what would you do if you had if these randomly these women came out and accused you from something you probably did so many years ago? Kind of insinuating that Ron might have this baggage from his high school or college years um, that he have, might have this baggage. I don't know. But De Sanctimonious is this really great nickname for him because that's, that's what's coming off every week, every day. That's what's coming off from him. Um, every time he keeps continuing to have the media campaign for him, every time he has these uh, wannabe intellectuals and wannabe know-it-alls like Ben Shapiro and the Matt Walshes and the Andrew Clavins and all these people. Uh, Candace Owens has been kind of pro DeSantis, but she's kind of iffy on it. And she's kind of, you know, and she's in... in oh, she's in, like 50-50. She, she's, I think she's either way, but I think it's mainly for the grift. It's like, you know, if he wins, I got to go with him, and if Trump wins, I got to go with him. So it's, mainly, it's mainly for the grift. All of these people are there mainly for the grift. It's the Ben Shapiros, mainly for the grift. Mainly because they want to profit off of it, and they profit off of all of this that's going on. They don't have a stake in it. They don't care. They're very wealthy. They're very wealthy. Oh, yeah. They're not going to suffer the consequences, because guess what? They can send their kids to private schools, you know? They can send their kids to the best universities. They can send their kids to the best doctors. They have health insurance. You know, people like you and me, we don't have it. You know, we don't have those amenities. So they're, they're like what we criticize the left. They're immune, they're immune from their, the consequences of their own ideology. And that's what Ron DeSantis is representing. That's what the, the, the Santimonious... He had this line in the Piers Morgan and he was like, oh, I can't even spell the Santimonious. That's such a stupid thing to say. People, you realize you're a Harvard graduate, right? I can't tell if he was shit talking or, or I, no. I don't know. That's why I said the only thing that he said, the only thing I attack on Trump that if he wanted, if he was wise, and look, I'm I'm kind of shilling, I'm shilling for Trump myself here too. I'm gonna admit it, but it's because I think at the end of the day, above all of his flaws, yes, he cheated on his wife with a porn star. Yes, in terms of his judgment, he chose the 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 oddest porn star out there, Stormy Daniels. I would have never paid. If I had that money, I would have never paid to have sex with Stormy Daniels. And then pay her not to have sex. Pay her not to talk about it. That's the worst deal ever. But Especially I think, if it's 130000 Yeah, yeah. That's just ridiculous. And then 
And then, but the biggest criticism, the I think the strongest critique that Ron had in that interview, that out of all the things he's ever said, like silly season or the raw the Reagan mandate that you thou 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 shall not speak ill of any Republican. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know the, the biggest critique is call me anything you want, but at the end of the day, you call me a winner. That's what Ron said. That's what he said. That's what he said. You can call me a name you want, but the only thing that's true is call me a winner. And that's a great thing to say because he can show he could show Ron can show that he's a winner because every a lot of because there was a red wave in Florida because he won by double digits he's become a very popular governor or he's become a very popular figure in the conservative movement. The problem for Ron is that people don't know him outside, and when you want to get known outside of the conservative movement in the national stage, Trump has that because Trump was a household name before he ran for president. Oh yeah. So people know Everyone Donald Trump, him, yeah. Pro- but people know about him. People in New York, they know him. People in New Jersey, they know him. People in Pennsylvania, they know him. And also, he had the Celebrity Apprentice. People know this cra- this eccentric billionaire who lives in the skyscraper in, Ma- in, in Central right. Manhattan, who, you know, he owned T- he owned T- he owned the you know the Miss USA, he owned the Miss Universe contests. You know, he was well known. People knew him. Ron DeSantis is running into the problem that. Because he has the media campaign, and, and Roger Stone, he was with uh, Patrick Bet David. He talked about this a lot, and it's very important. I, I think it was a very key thing. Ron doesn't really do interviews outside the conservative networks. Oh no, he doesn't. He doesn't do anything no. with. He doesn't go on CNN. He doesn't go, go on CBS. He doesn't go on MSNBC. And I get it. Look, not even the are, View. <laughs> he doesn't go on the View. Look, these are and, Don, and Trump hasn't gone on the View. No, no, Trump no, Jr. No, went yeah. on the View. You know, and, and look, look. It, 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 he oh, did it really? Yeah, Trump Jr. I think went on the View. I remember seeing him. He was on the View at one point. I want to check. You know, out. you don't have to go on NBC all the time, but Donald Trump's one of Donald Trump's key attributes is that you know it, it's that you know we say he's a warrior, right? The reason he's a warrior is that because he takes it to him. He's not like Joe Biden who runs from the press. Donald Trump, every time he was going to get on that helicopter or that plane, or every time he was at a press conference, he confronted Jim Acosta. He talked to CBS. He talked to NBC. He talked to MSNBC. He, would, he took questions from the New York Times. And yeah, he called them fake news. He said that. Yeah. But he would take their questions. He would say, you're ridiculous. Why would I do that? He said all those things. Ron DeSantis is going to find the challenges that you can't just buddy up with, with Newsmax and Fox News and Piers Morgan, who's really just doing it because he wants the views. Let's, let's, not, let's not get it twisted, folks. Piers Morgan's only doing it because he wants the views. You see now, he's on this, he has this like spat with uh, Trump now because he wants the views. Mm. That's why. That's the only reason he's doing it. So Ron's running into the problem is that you can't keep talking to the same people. Well, and okay, so in in terms of policies, what do you think Ron should do if he wants to go over Trump or if he ever runs? I think he has to stop being. Uh, I think he has to stop being so wishwashy in Ukraine. I think he's trying to have it both ways. Um, just uh, this week, he just uh, he told Piers Morgan that Tucker Carlson apparently, uh, and Tucker kind of attacked him for the same for being wishy-washy on it. Uh, he said that Tucker kind of mischaracterized, took his words out of context. That uh, that he wasn't trying to say that Ukraine and Russia wasn't just a, a simple uh, border war. Which is kind of what it is. It is a conflict over borders. Russia is trying to expand its borders into Ukraine. It's trying to go back to the ni- it's before 1991. It's trying to reclaim that Ukraine will not be part of the West it will be a buffer zone, but not. No, but Russia doesn't want it to be a buffer zone anymore. It wants it to be Russian territory. Uh, he pretty much told Piers Morgan that, "Oh no, Tucker took me out of context." And Tucker kind of hit back on him, like, "What are you talking about?" 
You can't you can't have it both ways. That's another problem. I also think his insistence on being close to the establishment Republicans. He's getting all these endorsements from Lindsey Graham and Scott Walker and Jeb Bush, and, and importantly. So he's getting this blessing from the Bush family and from the Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell seems to like him a lot. Um, I think mm. distancing, himself, distancing himself from it. Uh, I also think that his attempts to or his attempts to want to cut Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid are going to hurt him in the long run. Really? Um, I don't think Do- Donald Trump's the only one who says that. No, we, we're going to fund it. Yeah. He's the only one saying that. No, we're going to. You can't. You can't. You'd be ridiculous. That's electorally. That's electoral suicide. If you're telling if you come out and tell kids, tell these 35 year olds and 25 year olds like you and me that um, that you're not going to you're not going to have the same Social Security benefits that your parents had because now you're not going to retire at 62, which is the minimum age of retirement. You have to retire at 70. A lot of people are gonna say, "Oh hell no! Yeah, oh no, you're not! I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire at 62 or 65 like my dad did." Exactly. What are you doing? And I also agree, because Trump is Trump is the only one who said it. The problem isn't the money, the taxation that we're taking. It the money. The problem is the spending. We have so much discretionary spending. We keep sending money to all these countries. Donald Trump's the only one who pointed out foreign spending. He said, "No, no, no. We have to cut back on that." Uh, I, I love this line from Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. He told Tucker one time, he's like, why do we have to send money to countries that hate us? They should be able to hate us for free. Ooh. They should be ha- able to hate us for free. Why am I sending money to East Asia? Why am I sending to country, <laughs> the countries in Africa like the Congo? The Congo is pretty much taking billions of dollars from China. It's letting China run the ramage through its country using African labor, which is pretty much the equivalent of slave labor, and bringing all these Chinese workers in to take all the natural resources. China is literally hoarding gold in Africa. Africa is literally a colony of, of, of China now. Are they Russia and China? Or, or it's mainly China. Oil, it's mainly China. China. They're, all, they're collecting all these natural resources, and mainly because China has the labor to do it. It can send people there for free. Mostly everybody that works in the Chinese economy works for the CCP. All the people that own businesses are directly or indirectly owned by the CCP in Peking, uh, the capital of China. Mm. And so we have this problem where we're sending money out and then we end up saying, well, we can't fund, we can't fund our programs, but we just sent $16 billion to Ukraine or we're sending $5 billion to Ukraine. You're telling me we can't fund Social Security? We can't. Why can't we inject $16 billion into Social Security? I think they had a problem with Why Trump not? Uh, wanting to fund uh, a wall. for the, He wanted to fund the wall. For, he wanted like $4 billion. Dollars. And they sent. And they said it was too much oh, money. And they, oh, you can't do that. That's way too much money. How dare you do that? And he even gave the Democrats a deal. Well, you love immigrants so much. Well, I'll give you DACA. You can you can legalize DACA, put it into federal code, codify it, but give me my wall, and give me my border enforcement. Was that even a good idea? Oh, it's a deal. Well, it's a deal. You know why it's a good idea? Because he says if you reject it, I'll show you what, what you, I'll show you for what you really are. You're just politicians using immigrants to oppose me. Okay. And if you give me my deal, I'll let you have DACA. That's not gonna. That's only gonna help a couple hundred thousand people. There's over. There's like about 15 million undocumented immigrants in this country. I feel like businessmen. I feel like businessmen that like him should. The business run, like him run, make run run this shit. a lot of people like that. A lot of people. A lot of people think that way. Business people should because, by the way, the presidency isn't a legislative position. That's what senators do. Senators make laws. A president is a is a chief executive. Meaning he has to govern, he has to manage, he has to, he's an, it's an administration, it's an administrative role. It's like your supervisor. Not, not everyone knows that, yeah. N- not, well, people forget that because the president has so much influence on policy now. He pretty much goes to the State of the Union and tells Republicans, I want to do this. Or he tells, or Joe Biden goes to the 
State of the Union tells Democrats, I want to do this, even though he'll forget by the time he's gone there. But, <laughs> yeah, but but that, but that that's what it tr- transformed into. I think for the last 30 years, we've it's been transformed. Actually, I'd say this. The, really what happened is that the, the, the role of the presidency changed in 1932 when FDR became president. Really because we expanded the federal government to levels we would have never seen before. If you took somebody from 1910 and told them, okay, that's your government right there. That whole apparatus of the Department of Education, Department of Health and Human Services, a Department of, uh, of Defense, a Department of, uh, of the Treasury, Department of Commerce, Department of State. You showed them all those things. They'd be like, what the heck? We only had a couple departments when I was in, in 1910. We only had, we had the Department of War. It wasn't Department of Defense. It was Department of War. Right. And we didn't have a, 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 this, this, huge, um, this huge army with this like, administrative state. You, you know what I'm saying? Where we had all these departments like a separate army in an Air Force, in a Navy, in a Space Force. We didn't have that. The army was governed. This military was governed by the Department of War. The border used to be, I mean, we didn't even have a Homeland Security Department. We didn't have that. The border used to be managed by the Department of Defense. Mm. And there used to be two departments. There used to be, uh, the enforcement used to be in the Department of Defense. And the legal apparatus that governed the border used to be in the Justice Department. And then after 9-11, we turned it into this huge apparatus. Oh, yeah. And And so the government has expanded radically since 1932, mainly because of FDR. FDR is really the ideological predecessor of LBJ, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton. He's the ideological predecessor. He's the man who set up the system so that they could operate. And Republicans have been operating in, the, in that, that construct. And so every, every time you have a primary, I hear these ridiculous things like uh, Trump has said something now. He says, I'm going to get rid of the Department of, of Energy. I'm going to get rid of the Department of, of, of Education. And they're realistic proposals, but I just don't think that they're going to pass. I don't think that they have. It's wide. not going to work well on paper. I, I don't oh. think. I, I don't know how. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to pass. Mainly because of Republicans that are very iffy for change. A lot of them are conservative in the way the country governs, but aren't socially conservative when they vote. Even even though if okay, so even though if it did pass, let, let let's say. What would happen? Yeah, like if let's let's say you want to do something about the Department of Education. You, well, states can fund that, right? Well, that's the big question. Where, who handles the money? Exactly. So you would probably have to delegate that to some department like the Treasury or the Commerce, the, the Department of Commerce, Department of Treasury. They would have to come out and say, you are going to handle the dollars that are fixated towards st- uh, state departments of education throughout the country. But it's also not just that. Uh, it's that he wants to pretty much, he has this new thing that he's going to make school choice free and he wants to make it free federally for the entire country. He wants school parents to decide their own thing. Um, but anyway, but back to Ron DeSantis, because you're telling me about what, what does, you asked me what does Trump want to do policy-wise. What, what, what would Ron should do policy-wise? What Ron should that? do? Well, I talked about Ukraine. I also talked about uh, you know, his, his, his eerie and, and, not, com- and not, not so comforting relationship, buddying relationship with the establishment. Um, it's also part of that where he wants to do these type of things like uh, defund, you know, the departments and things like that. Um, but he doesn't really have his own agenda. He's kind of running on the MAGA agenda. Same thing with the other people. He's trying. He's before all of this drama turned out before the midterms. Um, he, we all looked at him as like, you know, the uh, Biden called Trump the MAGA king. 
Oh yeah, that was then, so. That was well, cool. it's funny because it's kind of it kind of fits. It kind of fits, but it it's not. It's not, a, fit. it's not a derogatory term. It's not a bad thing to say. It's like, are you trying to insult him? It's like you need some. You need lessons on if you want to insult him. I mean, I'll I'll work for him. Um, it, it, Braun was viewed as like this prince of. He was like the heir apparent. He was like the prince of MAGA. He was like Donald Trump's understudy. I mean, I remember seeing these photos of the two together in 2020, 2021, 2019. And I was like, yeah, no, that's our replacement. That's the guy. Where Pence, yeah. Pence might run in 2024 if Trump is elected in 2020. But Ron DeSantis might be Pence's vi- vice president. And then Pence might be president for two years. And then after that, we have Ron DeSantis. The problem, the, double, the good thing and the bad thing about what's happened is that now everybody's playing their cards. Everything is out there. We know what Mike Pence is now. We know what Ron DeSantis is. Mike Pence is just the establishment. He's just the leader of the evangelical wing. And Ron DeSantis is this never Trump. He's, he's, he's trying to get the rest. Of, he's, he's getting that never Trump vote. The problem that Ron's going to run into is that never Trumpers don't have an electorate. Never Trumpers don't have electorate. Never Trumpers are just those people like the Bill Crystals and the, and the French and the Bill French, the, Tom, and the, the, the Bill Frenches that are the book for the New York Times. Um, that write these opinion pieces, and, and they, they really don't have an elector. There's no voter out there that says, oh, you know, I, I, I wish I had a guy who, who Bill Crystal liked or who, who Bill Ben Shapiro liked. You know, those candidates like the Scott Walkers, there's no electorate for that. Mm. There really isn't. That's why you see people like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is getting a lot of votes, but not really if you look at it. She's only getting like 8%. 8%. That's, the, that's the Republican electorate. Trump is getting these double-digit leads over all of them. And it's because Donald Trump is, is really the leader of the party. He speaks more to the people. That's why I mentioned Fox News had that diner where they were really trying to shill for Ron DeSantis and saying, who here is voting for Ron DeSantis? And it was funny because uh, Brian Kilmeade, he found this one lady with a, Brian, uh, with a DeSantis shirt. Oh, yeah. And he was like, you must be voting for DeSantis. She's like, no, I'm voting for Trump. But, you know, <laughs> if Trump doesn't, doesn't run, you know, I'll, I'll vote for DeSantis. I, I, think, like, I, think that's, I think that's all of us, honestly. That's all of us. Yeah. But the problem is, is that Ron is ruining it. Because the more time the more time passes that he doesn't announce, the more time you'll have speculation that he will run, that he may or may not run. Because again, the question is if he will or won't, or if he will or won't run, it's when. When will he announce? And I heard that he's not announcing because of uh, he wants the Florida legislature. There's two theories. There's one that he wants the Florida legislature to um, to finish uh, their session so that he can show off all the achievements. Which is bullshit. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Because, like, what achievements are you going to show? More policy? Like, nobody cares about that. And then second, the second theory that makes more sense is that Florida governors are legally not allowed to run for president while in office. So he'd have to resign if he wants to run. Apparently, the idea is that because that there's a Republican Senate and a Republican House in Florida, he, they're going to make a law so that he go, would be allowed to run for president and be the uh, Florida governor. You know, some states have that. Like, New Jersey has that. Chris Christie ran for governor, but he was, ran for president, but he was governor of the state. So he had to, so he had to resign. So Florida, it seems, Florida has that law, apparently, that if he wants to run for president, he has to resign. The theory is, you say the conspiracy theory, is that he has to, that the, that the legislature is going to make his life easier, and that they're going to pass some law so that he can run for president. Um, the other one is that, this other one, but I think I don't think people listen to it much. Is that he just ran? He just won a re-election bid Ooh. in Florida, Ron. Oh, yeah. So you know the fact that he might just a year, less than a year out, is going to say, "All right, bye guys, I'm leaving." 
that might not be do well. That might that might not do so well if he loses. Uh, yeah, like imagine he loses, he comes back like Chris Christie. Chris Christie wasn't popular in New Jersey, but it was made far worse when he came back and he failed as president and he came back to the state and people were saying, "What the hell were you doing? Wasting time." You know what I'm saying? But but they but they can go back governing the states, yeah. That's that's yeah. They go back to governing the okay, states. That's what right. I, I think. I think that's that's the dominant theory probably as to why he hasn't run yet. Um, this idea that he hasn't decided. I think he's decided. He's decided oh. yes. Uh, and I think it's gonna make a big show. Um, look, I, I don't think Trump was ever gonna choose him as a running mate. They both live in Florida. They're not allowed to. Uh, in a dream scenario, it's a dream team. But unfortunately, I think that. Ron it would be the George Bush to our Ronald Reagan. He would betray us in nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty eight. He would betray us. He would start doing things Ronald Reagan would never do. Go that, to that, yeah, go to is, war in Kuwait. Um, that is an interesting comparison. It's it's a very yeah. it's a very frightening one. It is because it, it the ones who are affected are us. I mean, what's the last time we had someone like a Ronald Reagan as candidate in the White House? No. I mean, Ronald Reagan left the White House in nineteen eighty eight. 1989, really, January 1989. The next time we had a Republican president was 2017. That's over 20 years. Those are over 20 years of, of weak Republicans who are fiscal conservatives but social liberals because they want to be liked and two instrumentally revolutionary, revolutionary Democratic presidents. Barack Hussein Obama and Bill Clinton, who was far more revolutionary, who, I really, who disappoints me as a president because... You know, the things that he did, right? he was the acceleration, and he was what led, to, he and George Bush are what led, George W. Bush are what led to Barack Obama, unfortunately. And that's why I love that line when Trump says that, you know, the only reason I'm here is because of Barack Obama. Blame Barack Obama that I'm here. Yeah, he did It's his that, fault yeah. that I'm here. Yeah, he did. And some dumbasses said that, oh, you know, he's still blaming Obama. No, no, no. He's telling you the truth. The only reason he's, he, that he has to run is because Barack Obama was president and ruined this country and really the world. I mean, people don't realize that. People don't realize how destructive he was as a president. Who, who, do, you, who do you think will run with Trump, Trump as vice president? There are people saying Carrie Lake, but I don't think Carrie Lake can win. There are some. There are some. There are some potential ones. She doesn't have that experience. Um, no, she doesn't have any experience. And um, I guess you can say, well, Trump did have experience, but Trump did have experience. He was a multi-billionaire businessman. How about Ted Cruz? That's a, that's a one. That's one. You know, Trump has been saying that he's going to put a woman up. And that that's making me curious. I'm saying, is Nick, does he have a backroom deal with Nikki Haley? He hasn't been he hasn't been attacking Nikki Haley, um, and Ni- Nikki Haley. But the problem is Nikki Nikki Haley is a neocon, and that's going to be a problem. But maybe he wants it because she'll have his support, or she'll be able to garner support for the in the Repu- in the you know more moderate and neocon Republicans when he gets in office. Um, I just don't see anybody else out there. Um, if I'm missing a name, I mean, people are saying Marjorie Taylor Greene. That would be uh, that would be horrible. I, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. She's just insane. She, I like her, but yeah. I can't see that. No, that's I, what I happens. Can't see that. That's what happens. Marjorie Terry Green is what happens when, when when women when women stop having children, and they they watch too much uh, Fox News and they and they're into QAnon. That's no. what happens. That's <laughs> right. that's what Marjorie Terry Green is. Right. And now she's divorced. And by the way, Marjorie, if you're listening, I'm single, so I'm available. She's divorced now. I don't care, man. I'm down. Uh. And uh, <laughs> I'm down. But um, but no, I just don't see that. I don't see that her as electorally available, and, and, and I don't know who else is out there. I mean, are there any senators? Uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe Nikki, maybe Christy Noem, the South, the governor of South Dakota. Mm. But I just don't see her as electorally viable. I don't see her as a as a candidate. Um, she doesn't have a lot of recognition. 
she kind of has that she has that Ron DeSantis problems she's very well known in Republican circles but nationally she doesn't really have any recognition I don't think people know who that is um who was the uh, who was the woman that was running um, uh, during the uh, twenty sixteen? The women? Yeah. Uh, it was name. Carly Fiorina, uh, who yeah, does her. not like Donald Trump. Um, she does not like him at all. Um, she was the former HP CEO who kind of did a bad job as the and she ran for and she tried to run for the nomination of of uh, the Republican primary. What was it? H. What was it? HP. Oh, HP, the company. Oh, she okay. was the CEO oh. of the company. Um, I think the first female, and she kind of did a really bad job. And Trump kind of annihilated her in the, in the, oh, the debates, yeah. like he did everybody. But she tried to be what Ron was, this uh, this serious candidate. I'm going to talk about policy. Let's get back to the policy. That doesn't work. It doesn't work in the end. It's not popular. And uh, no, there, there's, I don't think I, I have a hard time seeing any woman. Um, and it's not that I have a problem with women. Yeah, you do. Uh, I might, but... <laughs> I might, but it, but what's your point, man? And uh, and uh, and it, I just don't see any. I don't see any right there. I mean, there's Reynolds, Kim Reynolds, who's governor of Iowa, but she's you know I don't think she has any reg- name recognition. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a, you know if Tudor Dixon had won the 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 my wife Tudor Dixon the the woman in <laughs> Michigan, if she had won, uh, maybe 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 she could have been Carrie Lake. If Carrie Lake had been governor of Arizona, I could totally see that. But again. She would only have two years of, of experience, less than two years of experience of being governor. And it'd be very tough to take someone out who just got the job. It's very tough for them to tell you, hey, I know I just got the job, but I'm going to be his vice president right now. All right, bye. That's, that's kind of the problem. And I don't think she has name recognition outside the Republican circles. I think there's another one. Um, Sarah Huckabee? Oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders is, is a DeSantis ally now, unfortunately. Really? She said, some, she said a couple things in her... Um, in her state of the the response to the state of the union uh, when after Biden, she kind of said that Republicans need new blood, that we need new leadership, that we can't keep having these old people run. I'm saying that's the problem is that people in the Republican Party are they're 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 being ungrateful to what, to what Donald Trump did for them. He gave them levels of exposure that they would have never gotten beforehand. Mm. Uh, he he made them prime time TV. He made people like the Covington kid popular. There's only one reason that Covington kid, uh, Nicholas Sandman, had that lawsuit. Why? Because Donald Trump had that little rally, and that kid went to it. And he wore the MAGA hat. Oh. That's the only reason he had that money. The only reason he had that lawsuit, and the only reason he got in trouble. Because, guess what? Before that ever happened, you think, do you think there would be any news channels outside of Fox News that would be popular enough talking about him and supporting him? No. No, there wouldn't have been. He did a lot for this country. He did a lot for the Republican movement. And I think Republicans like her, who gave her her break. You know, she's the daughter of Mike Huckabee, who's governor of Arkansas before her. And he's, uh, he's a very Christian man. and very he's, he, used to, he ran for co- president twice. Well, three times, really. He ran in 2016, for really for no reason. Uh, but he ran in 2008. He had a lot of momentum in 2008 and 2012. But he was seen like Rick Santorum, the leader of the evangelical social conservative wing. That doesn't really offer anything else on the fiscal policy side. He's not the complete candidate. And so I just don't see a woman. I think I think uh, a dream team would have been Ron DeSantis. But I can really go see I could I, I thought I thought he would have gone back to Mike Pence. But I think that's gone. Yeah, I think I think, I think they've both said that they're moving on. I think Mike Pence said no. Mike Pence is not running though. Mike Pence might be running. I think he's gonna make an announcement soon. I don't know why he's gonna run. He's not gonna win anything. He's not gonna Maybe get he said that. that like around 
December, January. <laughs> yeah, I can. I think he's making an announcement soon. I think the the, the notion is that he is going to run. For sure. what? I guess he's going to run for the priest boy at the at the local church, but he's not running for president. He's definitely not winning that. I mean, Mike Pence is not winning the nomination. Same thing with Nikki Haley. They're not winning. It's a waste of time. Who else is running? Uh, Tim Scott, the the the, the African American senator from South oh, Carolina. Oh, he's running too. He might be running, and he, and you know, and he had you know he actually had the best line. When they were talking about your differences, you know, if you were going to critique Trump. And he said, no, the difference between me and Trump, there's no difference between me and Trump and policy. We're just two different people. Th- mm. That's the best thing to say. It's really the best thing to say. It's that, no, I'm the MAGA candidate. I just don't have any you drama. Can't, you can't be the same person. You can't, you can't come out and say that I'm going to do things differently. It's like my Pompeo saying that, you know, I did this. when I, In the Trump administration, I did this. No, you didn't. It was all Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the reason you went to meet with North Korea. Because he and the North Koreans had a little Twitter war and a spat and would have this dialogue, building things up and pretty much saying, no, no, uh-uh. you may have a red button, but guess what? Mine's is bigger. Mine's bigger. And I have bigger missiles and they actually land on target. And they don't blow up. With, they don't blow up. All right. And he's like, oh, Kim Jong-un says, I have a button on my desk. Oh, I have one too. And it's bigger than yours. Or, you know, I know I could call you fat, but I'm not going to. I could call <laughs> you a short fat man, but I'm not going to. See how kind I am? But he just tweeted it to the I world. Don't, I don't want that. I don't want. He just kindness. said that. No, yeah. He, but Trump's saying like I could be, I could be so polite to you. I, I could call you a, I could be so mean. I could, I could call you a short, fat little man. But I'm not. I'm not going to. He mm. just did though. Yeah. It's such a funny thing. Ron DeSantis can't do this. I, he's gonna do the same thing that Bill Clinton did and George Bush did. Oh, we're gonna send envoys. And we're gonna send Jimmy Carter. And we're gonna send Bill Clinton to South North Korea to talk. And we're gonna have dialogue. And we're going to have. Constructive dialogues. No, no, no. They don't want that. They don't want that because they know as soon as you do that, they're gonna play around. Those they're gonna ask you for money. Right. They're gonna ask you for leeway because they know you're weak. They know you don't want confrontation. They, they, we just want to talk and have a dialogue and professional diplomatic uh, communications. That doesn't work. That frankly doesn't work. You can't have that with China. You need someone to go over to China and say you're over us on trade, and if you don't stop it, I'm gonna make a trade war with you again. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna sanction you. I don't care. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna imp, you're gonna tariff. Or you're gonna put tariffs on our uh, on our cars going into all right. All tariff whatever come will come. All the st- aluminum products coming out of uh, out of China will be tariffed. Ron DeSantis isn't gonna do that. Have you heard Ron DeSantis talk anything about economic policy? Nope. All he talks about is the I'm gonna keep man. Woe comes to die in Florida. That's not gonna win it. That's gonna rally people up. That's not gonna win it. And so I, I don't know who the vice presidential, vice presidential candidate is going to be, but I don't think it's really going to matter at the end of the day. I don't think, as you see with Kamala, she can't really define what the vice president is. And that was the biggest blunder ever. Uh, I told you, the, I think the best, the best candidate, if, if I want to help Democrats and I want to be polite, I think the best candidate would have been uh, Andrew Cuomo at the time and Sherrod Brown as his running mate. Uh, Andrew Cuomo during COVID was very popular. Of course, you know, at the end he wasn't oh, yeah. popular. But it's really because he served his purpose. Andrew Cuomo served his purpose. And people were getting tired of him. The people in the far left were getting tired of him. They're saying, oh, this man, he's... He, every time in New York we try to do something on the far left, he comes out and tells Bill de Blasio no. And he comes out and he attacks AOC. He was one of the only prominent Democrats attacking AOC. Andrew Cuomo. Really? He was. He was attacking Bill de Blasio. He was saying, you can't do that. You have to fix crime. You can't let homeless people out there. You're ruining the city. And I think eventually that got tired of them. And I think all the Democrats in Albany, a lot of them, leaned to the far left. I think they weren't really going to, they think they were getting uncomfortable with being allied with him. You know, Cuomo, 
Cuomo's everything the modern Democratic Party hates. He's from a political dynasty. He's from a political family. Uh, his father's Mario Cuomo, former governor. He's a, uh, you know, he went to a good school. He's a, um, Andrew Cuomo is a lawyer. He was a professional lawyer. He was a prosecutor. He was a district attorney. So they hate that. They don't, they don't like that if it's not for them. But you see, you know that, uh, but it's, uh, but if it's, you know, whatever, that guy, Bob Stein, that guy who ran for president in 2020, in oh, yeah. side, he was a billionaire. He was a billionaire in finance. I think he was a venture capitalist. He's a billionaire. But guess what? He's a far left, so we like him. He's cool. I, I don't even know who he was. He's cool because he has a lot of money and he likes us. That's why he's cool. But if the Koch brothers spend money, the Koch brothers are evil. How dare they? It's like, dude, you do the same bullshit on your side. What are you talking about? It's a bunch of hypocrisy. And so I, I, I really, you know, 2024 is just heating up. 2024 is just heating up. And it, it's just getting started. And we keep saying that every other month. It's like, it just keeps getting started. But it's really heating up because the time is going to come when Ron DeSantis is going to have to make the play. You run or you sit back and wait till 2028. And you get back into the good graces. Look, if he says, you know, uh, you know what, I'm not going to run. After further consideration, I'm not going to run in, 20, in 2024. I will wait and see. I will stay here in Florida and finish out my term. The MAGA base will love that. They'll love that. But I think Ron DeSantis, and I think his wife has a play, has a, has a voice in it. And I think a lot of people, the establishment, saying, this is your moment. This is your moment. You I'm have like, to take uh, the moment. Yeah. Hey, no, 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 no. We had a plan. We had a plan. We had a plan. Democrats have plans, and they stick to it. When they say they're going to elect Hillary Clinton, who we're about to talk about, and when they say they're going to put Joe Biden in the White House, they do it. They don't yeah, play. They do they it. They do yeah. it. They, when they say they're going to get that done, when they tell you that we're going to cancel the, the Keystone Pipeline and we're going to end the, the federal leases on land and we're going to make it hard for you to drill oil and we're going to make sure that all those refineries for diesel and engine oil and gasoline are turned into uh, solar power plants and all those green energy plants, Just they do the it. Yeah. They do it. You know? And then when Hillary says she's running again, she does it. She does it because she's running to be the professor at the University of Austin. Yeah, whatever happened to the University? What? Of, whatever happened to the University of Austin before we talk about Hillary? Whatever happened to that? You remember that the University of Austin with Barry Wise and you, the Weinstein? Yeah, I do remember you mentioned that to me. But yeah, they were going to teach people how to trade Bitcoin. Wait. <laughs> what? You don't remember that? The University I, I of Austin. I remember you mentioned about University of Austin, but I didn't know yeah. what what was the main goal. Well, they were they were gonna be they were gonna be a university, but you could like you could be not woke and, and be you know against gay people, and you can. You but can... just to trade Bitcoin. No, no, that's I don't know. I'm just joking. But no, oh. that, it was gonna be this university. <laughs> it was gonna be this university where um where they're gonna be like anti woke, and it was gonna be called the University of Austin. Remember that time where everybody was moving to Austin right. like, last year, like literally the summer. Right. They like came up with this like dumb idea. Like they were like, we're gonna open Barry Weiss. He used to work at the New York Times before she got canceled, and uh, I think it was Brett Weinstein and the Weinstein's and Lex Friedman. They were like gonna be part of this university. Uh, I think it was gonna be online. I don't even know if they were gonna give out degrees. It's gonna be like the same thing as Prague or U, which isn't even like a, a an actual university. Do you remember? No. They were going to have this thing and they were going to like teach courses. It was going to be like, we're going to teach real education, but we're not going to be woke, which is like, so what are you going to do? Like, yeah, what are you going to do? What, what are we learning here? It's like, is Patriot, this actually patriotism? It's like, it was like, uh, um, anti-trans 101. Like you're at the university. Like I imagine like you being there, like what if like, 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 uh, can I throw a trans person in a dumpster? 
can I can I throw rocks at gay people? Is that is that what I is that was that what that means? Maybe they shouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> well, with well, their main point. Well, that well they haven't said a thing. It's like are you are they gonna have? We're like gonna a, be anti woke. We're gonna be anti trans. We're gonna be anti woke. Well, they said they're gonna be anti woke, but I'm just imagining like, like is it gonna be like what if I, if I'm a student there, like am I gonna like bully people? Am I gonna like bully the trans people? Can I throw people? Can I throw trans people in, in, in a dumpster? That's a serious question. Maybe you want to go ahead. Uh, I will. I will. That's up to you. And you won't. And you can do all of that at the University of Austin. But Hillary Clinton is working at Columbia University. Did you see that? No. You didn't see that. Well, there's this trailer they made, which is hilarious. It's hilarious because it's terrible. And I think we have it. We'll pull it up. And um, she's going to be the professor. She has this course where she's going to be teaching... Uh, Inside the situation room is the course. It's gonna be like an intro into like uh, what was what was it really like when I was inside the White House and I worked for Barack Obama, and uh, and I'm your professor Hillary. I don't know how to do Hillary's voice, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and uh, and we're gonna teach you uh, you know when we were in the situation room and what really happens in there when things like when we killed Bin Laden. Like, what do you mean we? You didn't do anything. You were just watching it on the TV. Like, you were watching it on TV, yeah. You didn't see the photo? It was like, it was just like a bunch of people in this like small room watching this situation room, just watching like the TV. And she died. And she just has like the, she has like a, she has her like a face over her. Like she's like, it's just like, what were you, that's all you were doing. You weren't doing anything. Like, are you going to teach me how to destabilize countries in the Middle East and bomb the hell out of them? Is that what you're going to teach me? No. But here I have this. Wait, have when this. did when did she decide to do this? I guess they're gonna do this this coming this upcoming semester. I guess in the fall when it starts again. I guess she's gonna teach at Columbia. I have the I have the trailer here, and the trailer's so bad. It's just so scripted. You'll see. That is disgusting. Oh my God. What is it? It's Hillary Clinton. She's running. What? What? Hillary's running again? I know. I heard that's so crazy. What the hell? Is it buffering? All right, yeah. Well, she, well, you just saw the beginning of it. It's like, oh, she's running. It's just like, and then you see this, like, then there's like this, like, uh, running they, where it's McDonald's. I don't know. Probably back to her house because Bill's with Jeffrey Epstein again. And then, oh and then there's like this, what like, it? it's Hillary Clinton. She's she's running. like, what? they hired a stunt actor to run what? for her. Hillary's running again. I know, no, did they really? Crazy. They did. This is wild. Yeah, they have she's these kids. Again. Dude, that's not even her. Then she runs at Walmart. That bitch can't even run. That's not even her. I just got here early. The new class we're teaching together on foreign policy decision making. Classes don't start until September. Yeah, but I wanted to be prepared, Karen. You know, when it comes to crisis situations, you've always got to be prepared. Prepared? I think you're more prepared than anyone to teach this course. Now, what are we going to call it? Inside the situation room. Oh my yes. God! How to and kill I'll Jeffrey cover Epstein? The theory of political decision making and strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'll cover the course is how to kill Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> and not get caught. <laughs> not get caught. How to how to let your husband have sex with little girls and kill more people that's around Jeffrey Epstein. How to bomb the Middle East? I'm gonna teach you. This is this course. Get ready, kids. I'm gonna teach you how to install a coup. Kill Muammar Gaddafi and blame it on a YouTube video. That's the course. That's literally the course. That is so cringe. Was actually like in the room during the bin Laden raid, the Iran sanctions, the Gaza ceasefire, you name it. 
Okay, but are you ready Why? for whatever questions the students throw at you? <laughs> Bring like, how did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? Wait, why is why is that her main? Wait, wait, okay, no, no never mind. I, I am so lost right now. Why are you so lost? Uh, what are you talking about? She's about to be a professor, man. <laughs> like, you're, you're I, like, I like those. Take her course. I like, you learn something. I like those are the topics that she mentioned. It's like that's that's so important. Like why? Well, it, because first of all, she was only like, she was only the Secretary of State for like four years, and in those four years, they made a mess of the world. But it's like she's trying to teach us course as if she did any of that. It's like you didn't really do anything. No, what? Not. You're gonna teach me how to go to Russia and not know how to press a button? She tried pressing that reset button. And she couldn't even know how to. She didn't even do it right. She's oh, gonna press nice. the reset button right. <laughs> you can probably find that on a clip. It's it's so stupid. It's like it's like how how to how to lie about getting shot out when I go to Bosnia. It's like, she lied when she, she said she went to Bosnia when she was the first, uh, she, I think she was when she was the first lady in the 90s. She went to Bosnia. And she said, she had this lie that she got, that she got shot at, that the, they were shooting at the plane when she was on the tarmac. And she had to run up in the plane and there was this heroic effort. And then they found out in the media, and then like they, they didn't realize that there were cameras there like filming. That never happened. It never happened. She just got off the plane and shook somebody's hand. Like, uh, yeah, it never true. happened. And so it's like, she's just going to teach these kids, like, how to be a liar for 30 years in politics. And that's literally it. it, it you know what that's called, right? But they're not going to think that. No. But it's just like, just be a lawyer. If you want to be a liar in politics, just be a lawyer. Be a lawyer. Just be a lawyer. That's all they do. They lie. They just, <laughs> all, all lawyers do, which is a, such a grift. And look, some lawyers are helpful, you know, when you get into a car accident. But for the most part, <laughs> lawyers are, yeah. But lawyers, for the most part, are just a scam. It's just a grift. It's like a lot of them, all they do is that they tell you what they want to hear when you're in their office. And then when you go to court, all they do is that they, they pretty much they pretty much just try to be buddies with the judge and the prosecutor. And like, look, let's just make a deal here. Let's just make a deal. You know, they're not really your friend. They're not. They're just there for the money. And look, I get it. That's how it is. It's like a prostitute. They're like prostitutes. It's like the stripper that, that, love, that says they love you. They, she doesn't love you. She only loves you because you're giving her $100. You're just throwing a lot of money at her. It's like a lawyer. Same thing. It's the same profession. Right, so kids, wow. if you want to be a lawyer, you could just be a stripper. Same thing. What is she saying? On. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, Karen, I've got to run. Run where, bitch? You heard the secretary. If you get inside the situation room, come prepared. Because she's about to bomb you and your family. Yeah, that is. No, it's I'm so like, ridiculous. How many, how, many views, how many views does it get? No, it only got like, you know, not a lot. This is on the Columbia, whatever. It's like 2.9 something views. Fox News had it on there. I, I bet I can pull up Fox News. Fox News covered it this week. I saw it on Fox. That's that's how I found out, watching on Fox News. Because they, they cover everything. They cover everything about the Obamas and everything. And I bet you it has, I bet you it has like at least a million views. But look, this is only going to work because people, those kids... And you know, you saw the students, and a lot of those students like, who go to Columbia and these universities are all far left-leaning. They're all left-leaning uh, They're advocates. all minorities. <laughs> well, yeah, they're also minorities, but it's also they're all on the left. Any, I didn't see any white kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Gutfeld did, a, Gutfeld did a segment, and it was 1.17, 171,000 views, and it was only two days ago. The, the Hillary Clinton this thing on Columbia came out four days ago, and it only has 2,800 views. But, but Hillary didn't make any announcements, no? That's the announcement. That's literally announcement. From Fox News. No, no, no. She's not on Fox News. They they did a segment. Fo Gutfeld did a segment roasting it. Right. And he's getting 171,000 views on it. And that was just two days ago. That was on Friday. But um, No, but I'm, I'm saying Hillary didn't, like, promote it or, or announce it, you know, herself. It was... No, dumbass. The announcement's the video. It's the trailer. That's dumb. It is dumb. Everything she's does is stupid. 
But but it's also ironic. It's like this is how low they've. Come. I'm saying I'm saying if it's like if it's coming from CNN or anyone else, if they even they're probably it. covering it. But I don't I don't watch that. You want me you want me to watch CNN now? No. Yeah. No, it's disgusting. Rather, what are you talking about? I'd rather throw myself off this building. They stay true for themselves. Oh yeah, sure they do. Yeah, they do. they're you know, legit. Of course, you, of course you think that. Of course, because you're a minority. Shut up. No, it's ridiculous, and so. No, she, people are people in that course. It's like, look, if if I got a class, if you know, Henry Kissinger does courses like that, and look, he has no problems. You know, said that most most of the the Democratic Party hates Henry Kissinger. They call him a war criminal all the time. And look, part of that is accurate, and you know, whatever. Um, but people, those kids, are, people, those kids are really gonna love having Hillary there because look at Hillary. She was a first lady. She's you know married She's all to about woman. She, you know, all she about killed gay. Jeffrey Epstein. You know, and she kills uh, Jeffrey, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay when she does it, but uh, you know, people are gonna like it because it's that celebrity thing. You know, I'm getting taught by a celebrity. You know, it's Hillary Clinton. She was a presidential candidate. She was a senator. She was a secretary of state. Yeah. Those kids are gonna feel as if they like that. They're gonna be in awe of her. They're like, oh my god, it's Hillary Clinton. But by the end of that course, that professor and her, and of course, the other professor's name is Karen. Of course. Wow. Yeah. Of I, course. I am kind of speechless. Of course, it's Karen. It's, it's Professor Karen and Hillary Clinton. I wonder how long this will last. Oh no, they're they're gonna hate each other by the end. They're, by the end of the by the end of the semester, they're gonna be like killing each other. I want to know whose idea is it. It can't be just Hillary. It probably was Hillary. Well, the university probably came to her was like, "Are you open to doing this? Do you think you could do this? Are you open to it?" And and uh, they were probably they were probably just you know. But it's so. But that's what I was gonna get to. It's so. It's it's just a sign of how low they were going. Because back in 2016, you remember. Back in 2016, before 2016, if you remember, the Clinton Foundation was getting donations from everybody. Everywhere, everywhere, yeah. They were getting a hundred thousand dollars, five hundred. They were getting speaking fees from Chase, from Wells Fargo, from Goldman Sachs for two million, five million dollars. She just has to settle. She's probably gonna get paid what sixty grand, a hundred grand for this, a hundred grand. That's all she's going to be making. She has to be there. And she's still lost. And she's still lost. But that's how sad it is. This woman is now resorting to doing that. That's how low they are. But you know what, guys? You guys aren't as low. If you guys don't want to end up like Hillary Clinton, I suggest you keep, you like this video, subscribe, check out our Patreon. Our Patreon is at, it's at patreon.com slash for the number four, the Republic. I suggest you do that. Subscribe. Donate. Check out all our clips, our videos, and you won't end up like Hillary Clinton or be dead like uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Just make sure you don't kill yourselves, all right? Also, don't kill yourselves, all right? Love you. Talk to you guys soon.